On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about hoping that the Bears still suck. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com. Third down and seven. Rodgers backs up. Throws. Adams, touchdown, Green Bay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, yo. What's up, boys? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. I hope we win. I hope we win. We will win. We have gone over this Packers schedule, I believe, three separate times. Once to start the season, a mid-season review, and then kind of going into this final stretch. At no point in time did we remotely focus on this last game of the season being this important. And I cannot believe everything that has happened in the weeks prior that somehow allows Packers, Bears, to legitimately decide who makes the playoffs and or who gets the number one seat. Can you believe that we're at that point? Such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I thought I thought it back in week six. I think we talked about it back in week six that, oh, what, wouldn't it be funny if the last game of the season came down to it? And then they lost how many in a row. So, yeah, we haven't thought about it in a while. And uh, it's crazy that they even have a chance to make the playoffs. It's exactly what the scheduling gods wanted. But don't you think if you're the scheduling god, you would have put Vikings Packers in week 17? Oh, thinking, yeah. thinking like, how do I make the most impactful divisional game the last game of the year? I do feel oh, like oh. I do feel like Packers Bears are always like the last game of the season. Like I feel like it is always around that Christmas time that we play them. So I think it just ends up being kind of that college setup where, when in doubt, push the rivalries towards that end. Why couldn't the Seahawks have just lost last week? I know. <laughs> make then it all can, easier. Then we can just let the Bears win, get into the playoffs. We got our one seed. Potentially face the Bears again. Let yeah. the Bears win. What are you talking about? I, I mean, wouldn't you not mind facing them in the playoffs? I don't know. They're on fire right now. Well, let, let's get into so, it. Let's whoa, get whoa, 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 <laughs> Playoff game. You get your choice of Kyler Murray or Mitchell Trubisky or Tom Brady, and you're telling me you you might want Tom Brady or Kyler Murray. Oh no, not Tom Brady, but I, I, you could har- you could argue Arizona for sure. They, they aren't as mm. threatening right now. You know, they're not on fire. They look like they're falling apart and holding on by the hinges. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would argue Kyler Murray possibly, but definitely not Tom Brady. Well, let's talk about these playoff scenarios really, really quickly. It's it's crazy to me. The Bears, uh, I did about two minutes of research, and I'm almost positive that this is correct. The Bears, if they pull this game off, would be the first team in NFL history to lose six games in a row and find themselves in the playoffs. <laughs> if the Packers win, LaFleur would move to second all-time for most wins through the first two seasons as a new head coach. I think believe it's George Seifert who has the number one spot going 14-2 and two with those amazing 49er teams. So, wow, did he land in the lap of perfection back then. So, basically four scenarios. 
half of which have the Packers as the number one seed. If the Packers win, it does not matter what happens in the NFL. They are the number one seed and most likely face either Tampa Bay Buccaneers or whoever ends up taking the NFC East. If the Seahawks lose, it doesn't matter what happens in the NFL. We are number one seed. It's a little tricky if we lose and somehow the Saints beat the Carolina Panthers, which is is good chance. Going to happen. Seahawks beat the 49ers, which is a good chance. We would fall to the third seed. All this work, and we are third. If Bears win, Seahawks win, but the Saints find a way to fall apart against the Panthers, we would be the number two seed. So really four scenarios. I really hope uh, third, oh, third seed. How dare we even think about that? But it's not going to happen. We're, we're going to yeah, win. Nope. Yeah, let's just win. Let's just hey, win. Ryan, are you, are you eating anything? I am. I got some I got some fresh snacks. What do you guys got? Josh, are you eating something? Yeah, I, I got some crackers right here. Oh, boys, we got snacks. <laughs> <laughs> we have to end the year and start the new year with a dad joke. It's mandatory. <laughs> I just can't believe we finally got them. After all this time, we've been asking, please just try them out. It might not work, but might. So uh, hopefully he sees the field. Maybe, maybe he'll clog the middle a little bit more than Lancaster or somebody else. Well, let's talk about our defense to kind of start this up. To get Snack Harrison, Kenny Clark has been playing really well lately. Lowry has had moments. Kiki, as we know, gets two sacks at a time. Is this how much do we think that Snacks will play a part? Does he take over for Lancaster? Is this a, look, you're going to get 15 snaps for Snacks a game and that's it? Like, where do you think he plays out? Because it's amazing that we've talked about this guy for a year and it somehow has come true. Just in time for playoffs. I, I'm in that 10 to 20 snaps for snacks. Snaps for snacks. Uh, I think 20 would be high even, but you you work them in situationally, rundowns or goal line situations. Um, he had he had played in six games for the Seahawks, and he had worked behind Puna Ford, who's their younger nose tackle, who's really been coming on as of late. So in his six games, he had nine tackles and a forced fumble. Um, I think if we can get nine tackles and a forced fumble out of him in our next hopeful four games, that'd be a great showing. And I think, you know, 10 to 15 snaps a game, if he can make that kind of production, it's more of like a rotational thing for Lancaster, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think it's also just depth. We're realizing that's a weak spot. Um, They went out and got somebody that they know can fill in and play, uh, even if it's on only rundowns and very few of them. Um, it's the big body that they got to move. Uh, we've been playing a lot more physical, um, so that's awesome to see. I don't think he's going to get the start right out of the gate. You know, the defensive line played pretty well last week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much. But hopefully he makes an impact, like Dan says. We don't need a lot out of him. Just give it all your all for, like, three more games, and let's see what happens. It's, it was, I think the funniest thing is the way he sort of manipulated the situation to get where he wanted to be. He wasn't playing enough for Seattle, so he demands to be cut. And then he says he won't go to any team that picks him up on waivers, essentially to scare off any non-contender. Mm-hmm. And then the Packers claim him on waivers. They're the only ones. And he confirms via Twitter that 
in this situation, he's okay with being claimed on waivers because it's a contender that he's happy to go to. So working that, that veteran savvy got him exactly where he wanted for a playoff run. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not expecting much, but a big play or two during the playoffs, and exactly. it makes it worth whatever we pay him. Exactly. And that's my point is I, I think there's an equal number of possibilities that A, he does nothing for us. We don't really hear him. Hey, great. Maybe we use him as some inside info, assuming we face Seattle at some point. Or B, he makes a handful of plays that we go, well, that was worth the the six figures that we gave him for this quick time. Like I, I think there's upside regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, our Absolutely. defense, our defense. And now, if this was a month and a half ago, I'd go, oh, the savior has come. But now it's like, you know what? <laughs> right. He's he's been playing. He's been tested for COVID. He could jump in technically this Sunday. And luckily, this is one of those positions where it's like, put your body in front of somebody. This isn't a, a mm. secondary. This isn't a wide receiver. This isn't even a line formation on the offensive side. This is just a dude that just needs to be a hole plugger. And if we're looking at the Bears, and I want to focus on Montgomery, who mm-hmm. uh, is is just underrated how well of a season he's doing. He's only 60 yards behind Jones. And in the last five games, he's averaging 140 all-purpose yards per game. It's just been unbelievable what he's been putting together. And, and Trubisky has been playing solid, not necessarily mm-hmm. blowing everybody away by his stats, but he's doing enough to get it job done. Uh, now, if we get that defensive performance in the last two weeks this week, I this this game should be over and it, it shouldn't even be remotely close. But it's it's going to be interesting because uh, the Bears are feeling the momentum and they have to win. Like it's a mandatory thing. Yeah, I'm I'm not all that surprised by the play of their playmakers because I've always thought that they've had even Allen Robinson group group Allen Robinson and he's having a year very similar to Devontae Adams. Not as many touchdowns, but. Uh, catches and yards um, so he's he's one of the best route runners you know in the game you could say um, so I'm not surprised by their playmakers but I'm surprised by their offensive line uh, I am they were they were torn apart last time we played them and we pretty much dominated and since they played us they've come together and really put together some nice performances and Trubisky is finally starting to use his legs again when he gets in trouble instead of throwing out of trouble um, so it, it'll be interesting to see because they have played some weaker defensive lines in, in the past few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how we handle that uh, with all of our success uh, that we've had. Yeah, the the key point to make really was week 12 when they played us. So go into the flashback machine. They're coming off a bye week and they've got the Packers up next, and we talked on our preview pod. I went back and listened just to remember what we were concerned about and then what we did well looking at the box score and re-listening to our podcast, which was pretty funny for a couple of reasons. But um, we were concerned about Montgomery, Trubisky coming back as the starter. They put him back in place of Foles over the bye week, and then we were mad at the back end that Montgomery actually had his first 100-yard rush game of the year against us. And now, due to Ryan's statistic, in hindsight, him getting 103 rushing yards against us doesn't look all that bad because the last three weeks he's putting up like 120 a game. So he's been going off. We said we'd be able to chew up their offensive line, and we didn't have as much success as we hoped. Now, looking back again, Montgomery's been having a day. This offensive line is overperforming what their uh, like stat sheet should allow for. 
or, or what their natural talent, let me say, should allow for. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think it comes down to coaching. And ironically, I know the situation because of being a Notre Dame fan, but their offensive line coach is Harry Heastand, who is rated as one of the highest, one of the best coaches in the game. Um, so he actually has some guys starting on that line that are way overperforming and doing enough to let this running game take off. So we were then frustrated with Allen Robinson saying we didn't do enough to cover him. And then you look back at the stat sheet, 74 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He's had plenty of games with 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. So we were mad at our coverages. We were mad that we weren't communicating well. We were dropping coverage. We, were, we weren't putting Jair on Allen Robinson. We were letting guys get beat. We, we passed off. I remember Chandon Sullivan passed off Allen Robinson to Christian Kirksey mm-hmm. in the end zone and, yeah. and, and miscommunicated that pass off because it was supposed to be man defense. So little things like that are exactly where I'm looking to improve. I'd like to see not dominating their offensive line, but a little more pressure up front. And I think we've got the guys coming on at the right time to do that. And specifically, Amos and Savage have been coming on strong. Savage is still missed. He got credited with three missed tackles last week. But Amos has been solid in securing his tackles. Savage has been a playmaker. I want to see those guys all over the field ramping up for playoffs. Yeah, and they've been playing so aggressive compared to the last time we played them also. Our our defense was still figuring things out. We had people coming back from injury. Um, So in the past few games, our defense is just playing like they actually want it as opposed to just letting their talent uh, ramp out on the field. So I'm excited. I think there will be much success in this game. Um, especially like Dan said, due to the safety play. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting too. We talk about, especially these last three games, how good Mitch has looked, uh, in the last two games, he's only been sacked once each. It's Mm. giving him time and Mm. kind of going back to Dan's point, this offensive line ain't great on paper. And then you see him in the game and they hold it up just enough where it works. And so I think this goes back to, when we faced them last, there was at least pressure on Mitch. There was at least opportunities where we were putting him in this position. And I will forever think that Mitch Trubisky, especially for some reason against the Packers, will always give you these opportunities where he's going to throw three or so bad balls. You And, and luckily we were you know, able to get two of them last time because of Savage. Uh, I just – we need to have three to five sacks. We need to be getting at least pressure. I I, I love when we kind of have these secondary blitzes, whether it's King or Savage mm-hmm. coming in. Keep mixing it up because Trubisky, when you give him time, is just like every other NFL quarterback. They're going to make plays. Uh, and so we need to continue to, to do what we need to do to make sure it's at least uneasy, showing them different formations, showing them different looks, and, and I think we'll be doing all right. Here's uh, the guy they didn't have any success with against us that I honestly, he, he has almost as many touchdowns as Robert Tunyon. Jimmy Graham has eight touchdowns on the year. Mm-hmm. He, he is a real red zone weapon for them. So again, I look for them to try to get him the ball when they get the opportunities and the guy they're using, you know, coming into this year, we thought Anthony Miller on the bears was on, on the come up and said he was going to be a future star for them. And it really has become Darnell Mooney, a fifth-round draft pick out of Tulane. He's got 500 yards on the year. He's become their second weapon. So if if we can contain Allen Robinson, which is a tall task, I don't expect to you know hold him to zero catches, uh, Corey Davis style. But I think Darnell Mooney is going to be their guy that they go to underneath and try to open some stuff up with. So 
I, I do think they can score some points on us, but guys, you remember we were up 41 to 10 on them the first time around. Yep. And I also wanted to make uh, a statement. I know we've, we're really, really big on statistical patterns over the last about month and a half, two months. Every other game, Allen Robinson gets 13 targets. Last week he had 13 targets, so yeah. he ain't doing anything, boys. He's going to look his way this time. <laughs> he is going to be scared. He's going to be scared. So let's turn our attention to this offense, which I think similar to these playoff scenarios, we need to win, and that's it. I, I think that's the same thing for this offense. If our offense does what they need to do, it doesn't really matter what our defense does necessarily because we're just on a roll. That being said, Chicago this year has been really, really interesting. They've They've – been a little bit uh, weaker than we thought that they would be. Uh, and a lot of time playing catch-up. The last three games, they've been absolutely fantastic, only giving up 17 points a game uh, on average uh, with the help of a nice seven-point performance by the Houston Texans. But our offense, when they're on, does it even matter what happens on the other side of the ball? There's one person that matters, and it's Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks. Yes. If we control him like we controlled uh, Simmons last week uh, with Lindsay. I mean, Lindsay was playing out of his mind. He's had a great year, but last last week was probably one of his most impressive uh, performances. And if we get that out of our offensive line again, I, I'm saying, no, there's nothing that this defense can do. If they can't create pressure and control that uh, front line, there's nothing they can do to stop the Packers. And I don't know if you knew this, Josh. Akeem Hicks is questionable. Oh. Once again. And also, he only in the last two games has two total tackles. That's yeah, so it's it's very interesting. I watched their game against the Jaguars from last week, and while they won 41-17 to and were in control of the game for the majority of it, they gave up a career rushing game to Dare Agumbawale, the former Badger. They Wisconsin. Just keep, they just keep finding ways to pop up into this podcast. But that was with Akeem Hicks playing and only getting one tackle in a game they were controlling. So I found that interesting. A team that's very stout up the middle, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Danny Trebathan, you'd think you wouldn't be able to rush on them. And they gave it up to not James Robinson, but Dare Agumbawale. And the first time we played them, but Jamal and Aaron both had 16 carries and both mm-hmm. almost had 100 yards. Like, we didn't have a hard time running the ball. So, Akeem Hicks or not, we had all this success with, again, setting up our motions, making those middle linebackers take a false step, running counter action or opening up a lane because you made them move or shifted their eyes. And then their corners had a terrible time against us. You remember the guy we actually spent our entire game plan attacking? Buster screen. <laughs> Are he you had, guys? He had 13 Fish. tackles against us, and it was because we were just focusing on him. And and we were also laughing coming out of it, saying, "How did they line up Buster screen against Devontae Adams? How did they let that over happen? and over and so over? Maybe maybe they'll wisen up and put Kyle Fuller back on him. In which case, I am excited for that matchup. Still, Devontae is just on another level right now. But Kyle Fuller, if you recall, was trash-talking quite a bit in the first go-round in Week 12. And I think this is a perfect game to maybe get a little revenge on that situation. Are you guys scared of Khalil Mack anymore? Boy, he's been quiet, hasn't he? He, yeah. he, had, a, he had a quiet, good season. Like, he's not as disruptive as he has been in the past. He's still getting his sacks. But 
man, it just doesn't feel like he he's the same player that he once was. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing uh, earlier today. Just he's getting his statistical production, but you're not intimidated by him so much. It's it's intriguing, and you know, credit to the offensive line, they're going to continue to have to be versatile here. Rick Wagner appears to be out, um, so the the slide continues of Lucas Patrick back in at right guard, kick Billy Turner over to right tackle, and now you're only John Runyon as a backup at this point. So your your depth there is is lacking. Um, with with Lane Taylor being gone, but they've shown this ability to just insert a guy at any position and keep humming along and keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. So, yeah, they've got all of these names as pass rushers, and I expect them to, you know, have some quarterback pressures. But we've done a darn good job of keeping him on his feet. So, I, I'm just not concerned with this game other than they're playing for their lives and Trubisky's playing for a contract. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I have. I mean. It, w- expect everything expect stuff that they haven't shown on film all year long they're going to have crazy blitz packages crazy zone dropping into zone coverages they're going to try to do everything on this defense to confuse Aaron Rodgers and catch him catch him uh, on his wrong foot um so it I can't wait to watch because one hand the Packers don't want to show everything because we still have you know we have more games coming we know that for sure and the Bears don't really care. They just need to win this game. So uh, expect some trick plays, and uh, who, who knows what happens on special teams. That's what I'm worried about. You just hit it. The special teams, I don't know if it's fake punts or punt blocks or kick returns. All of it. Re- All reverses. Of it. <laughs> I mean, unleash the entire playbook on us because we are terrible in that department, and, and they need to win the game. So I, if I'm a Bears coach, I'm looking for my – momentum changing plays on special teams 100 percent. yeah it's just uh, it's really interesting too jamal williams is limited with the quad i would assume he would be good to go for this game but it turns into the situation that uh i mean it's interesting because chicago is so good down the middle as we discussed and roquan smith is having just another outstanding year fifth in the league in tackles that i almost wonder i would love to keep dylan going but i feel as if our strength is get these boys on the outside and let them just run free which we did perfectly against them last time so really interesting the situation with what is this o-line shifting looks like who's in the backfield but aaron Rodgers had to do minimal last time they met um against the bears i think only through about 25 passes so it's gonna be really really interesting how balanced we can keep it for a second straight week and and uh hopefully as as josh mentioned we aren't necessarily having to pull a lot of the tricks out of the bag that we're just doing beautiful sweeps and then here's this little out route and then it just click 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 down the field but this is just a huge game for the Bears, and I wouldn't be surprised if they they just do a lot of random stuff on both sides of the football, knowing, hey, what do we have to lose? And this is the perfect naggy situation where <laughs> when it's just like, oh, well, here goes the season, that he's going to do mm-hmm. some stuff that just makes you scratch your head, whether for good or for bad for Bears fans. But I do think it'll be a very, very good game. I wish the Seahawks were the early time slot. Mm. Same. Because if the 49ers show up, they have a chance of beating them. I don't know what the spread is, but the 49ers have a chance. They're getting some of their guys back. Kittle's been playing well. And then if you if you catch news like at the end of the first that the Seahawks had lost, then you could hypothetically be like, "Well, oh, Roger, done at halftime, right? Like, irregardless of the score, we don't care. We're not we're not risking injury." 
they did but, this on purpose. But they kick off at the same time. Yeah, so you got to play a full game. I saw – I forget which team uh, – oh, Indianapolis. They're not even allowing out-of-town scores to be posted around the stadium because they don't want their players distracted with what they need to happen oh, in order to make the playoffs. Do they know how uh, technology works? Like, but, it, <laughs> but, but the guys don't have their phones on the sidelines, that sort of thing, right? So it, it's unfortunate that we're playing for a one seed and it matters, but at the same time it's like – uh, I'm just not happy with the the risk of this week. It, we're one of the healthiest teams in the NFL, and the downside of this game is dramatic. Did I just mention the injury word? No, oh, I better knock on wood. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Mike, this is going so good. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> no, I think it's important to highlight it. Our injury report is one of the best in the league, uh, and you got to get through one more week. So. That's that's one of my biggest takeaways. I'd, obviously, you want a one seed, but uh, if you somehow like drop to a three seed and had an injury, ugh, the winds are out of the sails. So let's get to our predictions for what has now become a ginormous Sunday afternoon game at Soldier Field. I'll go first because I just hit you with that downer. So yeah. let's recall let's recall in week twelve our, our first three drives went seventy plus yards for touchdowns. We were up forty one to ten going into the fourth quarter and we gave up fifteen points that didn't really matter. Uh, I, I see a similar score line, but uh, a little closer at the end of the day. Just I think the offense has the ability to take their foot off the break. Uh both this year and this week. There's there's kind of a reason to do it. So um whether it's Jamal Williams or A.J. Dillon, I think you use that power rushing attack. I think Packers come out of this one fairly easily, 31-21, to 21, um, and, and hopefully get some rest for their guys going into a bye week as the NFC one seed. Uh, my MVP for that, let's say it's Chris Barnes. He's He's been really coming on. He's a good Ooh. hitter. He's, he's beaten blockers to the hole. Uh, we're going to need some more of that against David Montgomery. Chris Barnes, let's get a turnover. Nice. Uh, very similar to mine. I got 34-24, so three more points each. Um, but very similar to what you said, I, I think our defense is going to build off of last week's performance. You know, it, it, yes, it was in the snow, but that or no snow, they dominated the game, and they dominated the number one scoring offense in the NFL. So that that speaks volumes. Um, so – I think they continue their hard play against the bears. I think uh, we're, we are not going to get roughed up anymore. Like we have uh, in the past uh, at the beginning of the season. I think we are the ones pushing and doing the hitting now, uh, which is great to see Um, MVP. I'm going with the guy in the secondary that has been playing out of his mind since I said he couldn't tackle anybody. Darnell Savage. Uh, keep it up, man. I can't believe the turnaround you have had from the he's still missing of tackles. the year. He is, but he's playing aggressive. That That's yeah. all you can ask for a small guy. So, I, I mean, I did not like how he was playing at the beginning of the year, and he has completely done a 180 and proved me wrong. So keep it up, man. MVP. Every single thing points to the Packers winning this. There's in the last 10 games in Chicago, Chicago has only won once. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked this week what his favorite stadium to play in is outside of Lambeau. And he goes, uh, no, Soldier that. Field. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. No, duh. <laughs> uh, 
everything, everything about this game says, oh, yeah, this is this is going to be a win. But there's something about it that is in my back of my mind that we wrote off that Tennessee game before it happened because we're just like, we're going to lose that one, but we're going to against, win against the Bears. It is what it is. And I hate how football gods can be where they go, oh, isn't that cute that the Packers are going to be in the number one seed? Oh, wait, the Bears are going to play out of their damn mind. Uh, at the end, I'm going to be a homer and say that the Packers win, but it's going to be very, very close at 27-23. Uh, I just, I hope, I hope, I hope this team comes out motivated that there isn't a well, let's see what the 49ers do. It's all about what are the Packers going to do yep, in this. Stay focused. And and I would hope that we've we've talked about it. Lafleur has done an amazing job prepping, and I hope it continues for this game. Uh, my MVP is actually going to be it's going to be Jair. I think they finally Ooh, say he catches the ball. Need, you need to be against Robinson, <laughs> and there is a bad underthrown ball that he comes back and gets, and that is that's the huge difference maker. Is is I I know we went heavy defense, which I think it has to be the case because I would hope that our offense takes care of business. But uh, good luck, I'd to Devontae. I'd be so excited if Jair got one. Oh, I'd yeah. be so happy. Good luck to Devonte uh, as he's attempting to break records. Good luck to Rogers as he's attempting to MVP. break records. Like it's this is a game that I just hope is the perfect way to start 2021, and we go yes, right. we are ready to roll. Right. Oh, we'll be so jacked up coming out of this with with, <laughs> with positive, like like one one more crisp and clean performance, and we're just gonna be like. Let's go Super Bowl. There's Light no the reason. cigars now, boys. Yeah, but just be ready, Packers. Please don't just be ready. They're they're coming. They're gonna come a lot better than the forty nothing lead we had before. So until then, enjoy popping your champagne. Get the hell out of our face, twenty twenty, and we will catch you Goodbye. in the new year. Thanks, everybody. Go Pack, go. Oh, 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 oh.